Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.35 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. Guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Uh, I got bad news for Mark Spector, our next guest. I, I had a, a pair of uh, Roos Chris GCs that I had worn to uh, practice the other day and had them in the seat of the pants and decided to put the uh the dra- the black uh, dress jeans uh through the wash and uh I, I hate to tell Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta, our province's horse racing and breeding industry, which has introduced new safety protocols and thorough vet checks, stricter rules and tougher penalties, employing Albertans caring for their horses spec. I uh I whitewashed your uh uh, I'm looking at the, the, these wonderful gift certificates, and they're completely. Uh, I can maybe put a call into Brendan Connolly for you at Roos Chris here, but man, oh man, they are in rough looking shape right now. I was kind of thinking of you, kind of, sort of, but not totally. And uh, anyways, uh, Roos Chris. So I guess you'll, you'll just have to take me there and buy, right? Yeah, you know Pretty that's simple. Gonna, Pretty yeah, simple. And how many times? Uh, yes, how many times has that happened over the last twelve years? Uh-huh. Uh, Yes, indeed. I am getting another shipment at some point in April, so I can hook you up there. I, I gave out uh, nine of the sets that I had, and I was, was you had you were you were my number ten, Mark. You were the tenth guy I thought of. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I think we have to be pretty honest with our assessment of, of what's occurred here over the last two games. I mean, the Oilers came in red hot. They'd won five straight, eight of nine, eleven of thirteen, uh, but they've been beaten by a better team in the last two games, haven't they, Mark? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and there's no doubt. I think you know there's a couple things here. You're you're seeing the end of a of a of a screaming red hot month. The Oilers were the best team in the National Hockey League in February, and you know were they going to be the best team in the National Hockey League in March? Probably not. Uh, the Leafs, you know, had an okay February, pretty good, and now they've found some magic, and they're playing their best hockey of the year just at the same time as, you know, as Tippett said last night, Edmonton's in a bit of a rut. All those long, 
Yeah, there was a lot of long wrist shots and, and point shots that were deflecting in that are deflecting out the last couple of games. And, you know, so I think it's a mixture of a lot of things, but you'd be a fool to say that, that the major component here is is not the Toronto Maple Leafs coming into Edmonton and just playing two flawless hockey games, and they were the better team both nights. No who doubt about that. Well, what's funny about the situation with Toronto is, you know, they, they play Marner with Matthews, and then they play Tavares with Nylander, so they have two sets that can drive it, and they weren't mm-hmm. getting a lot of juice out of Tavares and uh, Nylander, and then Nylander scored, you know, twice in a span of about three minutes, once late in the game, once in overtime against Calgary. He scored both games at Edmonton, and uh, he's kind of by himself because right now they're playing Thornton with uh, Marner and uh, Tavares because they don't have Austin Matthews. But everybody's always focused on Toronto's offense, but to me, Mark, this is a team that can really – I mean, they're a top-five team in the NHL right now in goals against. And the Canadian division is a high-scoring division. So that speaks – and they've done this without having Freddie Anderson available the last two games, which, again, reinforces the ability of that team to lock it down. Well, you know, I've come on your show here for this year and in previous years and said – you know, when we're making our September predictions or whatever the month the season starts, I've predicted the Leafs to be a very good regular season team for a long time. They're an excellent regular season team. They've got lots of offense. They could always outscore their mistakes, Bob. They feasted on the, you know, sometimes you get tired teams coming in and you can beat them 6-3 and all of that. And when the playoffs came, I never touted the Leafs because I felt like they weren't a playoff team. I felt like they were hard to play against. I felt like they didn't know how to lock it down. And we've you've heard me go on about those 2-1 two, two games in every series that you got to win at least one of, and they never won any of them. So that's the old Toronto Maple Leafs. What we've seen here in the last couple of days is a team that, you, know, you look down their forward lineup, Bob, look at their 12 forwards they dressed last night. There's very few in that list that I say, boy, that guy's hard to play against, and that guy's hard to play against. But they played in the last two games here a team defense that was exceptionally hard to play against. And I see now a team, Bob, that's making the, you know, figuring out how to make the jump with their personnel from being an excellent regular season team to a team that can also win in the playoffs. And that's the nut the Leafs have been trying to crack for a long time here. Well, well, in fairness, Mark, give credit for him. They found a couple players, too. Mikheyev can fly. <laughs> He's on their third line. Engvall's probably a fourth-line center. But he's a big man that can skate as well. Those guys hound pucks. They get on pucks. And they do. They're, they're doing this. They don't have Matthews, and they don't have Simmons. So let's say Simmons is a fourth liner who's a power play specialist like Chason. But Matthews is one of the top five players in the world, right? For so sure. that's going to change the balance of their forwards out a bit. And they've got speed, you know. That's and, and it makes me wonder whether or not at times you have to kind of abridge your lineup to the opposition that you're going to face. You fight fire with fire with speed. When you play against a team like Toronto, you got to have your fastest possible lineup going. What do you think? Yeah, sure. You know, I'll say I'll agree with you there because, you know, they're going to beat you to every puck if you don't. They're exceptionally quick. But there's also this thing about, you know, you've watched the Oilers trying to get over the offensive blue line for the last two games, uh, and they've been unable to. The Oilers get over, but the puck doesn't come with them. (laughs) So, you know, this is a team that, you know, I'm not saying they're the New Jersey Devils of the 90s where they line up with their own blue line. That's all they do. I'm not criticizing them that way by any means. But they're playing a defensive structure where 
frankly, to me, you got to dump a chase against this team the way they're playing right now. You're, the Oilers have tried for two games to carry the puck into the new, you know, have controlled entries, and it's not working. You got to you got to get rid of the puck and go get it back because that's, and maybe draw an interference penalty, draw a trip going through that picket fence, right? Yeah, a couple other things, Mark. I mean, you, you were in the building last night. The Oilers had a good start to that game. I wanted to see how Edmonton looked through the first four shifts because I knew they were going to get McDavid out there twice in the first four shifts, and they created mm-hmm. opportunities. Hutchinson made some stops. Um, you know, Bouchard loses his stick. He clatters into a dry saddle, and Riley yeah. finds Hyman for an open goal. But that second goal against... That's, you could ju- just, looking down at the Oiler bench, you're just like, oh, here we go. And I, I'm like, look, there was four mistakes on the play. Cahoon could have picked off Nylander right off the draw. Then neither, then Bear doesn't react quick enough. Now uh, Bouchard, who's, a, you know, the least experienced of the defenseman having to play on the left side because you got four righties dressed, he has to pursue. He angles Nylander off. Yeah. And Nylander's a goal scorer. He's a highly skilled player. Yeah. You know, he scored 30. Terrible, I'm sorry, terrible goal against on Koskin and Heidel glove side. I'm sorry, yeah. that's a bad goal. Like, I don't know about no you. Doubt. Like, stop the fragile team, too. A bad goal. Right. You right. Know, the, orders, the orders of February, their bad goal didn't bother them. Remember the Mike Smith, the gold right. Smith led in in Vancouver to Horvat? No problem, right? Yeah, you know, three nothing there, no problem. Three nothing against the Leafs. The last two games are certainly well, three nothing in both of them. Problem, yes, <laughs> you know, because right. the Leafs are a way better team, and the Oilers. This, this is a hockey season. We, you know, we've all watched it for however long we've been around the NHL. Bob, teams don't just fly from game one to game fifty-six or eighty-two with perfect high confidence and ready to go every night. It comes and goes. That's sure. the course of the season. Oilers had a. You know what? It's a good thing they had such a strong February because they created a bunch of distance. Now they can afford to lose a couple. They're not sitting in fifth place. They're still in second. And they'll put it together. I see tips at work today. Uh, yeah, well, you know, flipping yeah, the lines around. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, you know, we'll talk to – there's one other thing that concerned me a bit in these two games, Mark. And it may – like. We're going to have Tony Granato coming up at 135, and I think there's oh. an or, I think there's an organic way Edmonton can improve on the left side, and that's by signing Dylan Holloway. And I know people, oh no, he's got to go to the NCAA for, or he's got to go to the American League. We're in a different time, folks. Kale McCarr stepped right out of the NCAA into the playoffs, playing a tougher position, top four defense for the Colorado Avalanche. Dylan Holloway is having a special season. He would give the Oilers some speed on the left wing and some size. They don't have that in their two and three hole right now on the left side. So, you know, we'll have a conversation here with Tony Granato coming up. Could be an organic uh, opportunity to grow, uh, you know, with their forward units a a little bit. But one thing that has me concerned, Mark, really concerned, can somebody other than Leon Dreisaitl win a faceoff when it matters? Like, like Toronto got two. Power, they got a power play goal in both games. That basically, you know, they got they got the jump in the first game on a power play goal, and then they got it. You know, they got another one uh, that that pretty much put the game out of reach last night in the first period at three nothing. Evan, you know, between Gaetan Haas, Jujar Kara, uh, Nugent Hopkins is a thirty five percent in the faceoff circle. Okay, now he's playing left wing at even strength, but he's struggling in draws. And then you have uh, Gaetan Haas. He's, he went into last night's game at 40%. Uh, 
Care is up to about 45%. Now, Turris, based on today, looks like he might be coming in. He's at 49%. Are they going to have to address this by going and making a play for... And and I know a lot of fans don't want to hear Luke Glendening because he's a Detroit Red Wing. Luke Glendening is the best face-off man in the NHL, 67%. He's an unrestricted free agent. Sutter's sitting there out there in Vancouver, big contract, $4.3 million, but he's at 53%. Are they going to need to go get a guy like that, do you think, or, or are they just going to have to suck it up and improve in that area? Well, there's a couple things there, right? First of all, they went out and did that, and they got tourists, and it turns out that didn't work so great. Turris is supposed to be the guy you're describing here, the the guy that goes out in a key situation in case Drysaddle gets thrown out. If he's hot, he takes the draw, and McDavid is on the wing off the draw. Or you know, Nugent Hopkins, look, he's in his tenth season, Bob. He's never going to be a good faceoff guy. Okay, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, break it to the Oilers Nation here, <laughs> right? If you're in your tenth season and you're still in the mid forties, it doesn't go up from here. So Nugent's Hawkins it does a million great things. I would still say they should sign him, but they won't be signing him to win faceoffs. I think we all agree on that. So you know, I don't. I mean, where's if there's room in the budget? Uh, you know, tourists again. They've got two million invested in tourists to be that guy, and he's not that. He can't. He's not been a good enough player to keep in your lineup. I love the thought of of a trade deadline move for Sutter. In Vancouver, I think Sutter would be, you know, he's been a lot healthier, right, the last yeah. year and a half. And I've always thought of Brandon Sutter like, you know, if he's healthy, he's good. The problem is he's missed so many games over the years. But, you know, if Kenny Holland can find it in his budget late, late, late in the year to bring that guy in, it's pretty clear they could use that player. But who's out of the lineup? I like everything Haas does, except for his work in the faceoff circle. Yeah. I like everything Jujar Kara does right now. Except well, for his work in the face-off circle. So who's coming out? And they had to revert back to putting Drysaddle out there late in the uh, with two power plays that the Leafs had in the, the second period. And he won both draws in his D zone, and the Oilers got clears. And that's yeah. what they needed. I don't Mark, love Drysaddle killing penalties, right? I'm uh, not saying he can't, and I know that he's, he's good at it, and he's an excellent face-off man. I'd love to find a guy that can take face-offs and give Drysaddle less PK time, personally. Yeah, and he's clearly hurting, too. I think that's quite evident, Mark. All right, I'm going to just put, we're just going to put you on hold here for a second. I'm going to read a text from Anita, then we'll come back with Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Anita says, Bob, I can't say I'm not cheesed off. I changed the word you used. About the last two games, it totally sucks. However, um, this is the kind of adversity the team needs to overcome. They haven't played horribly, but they need to get to another gear against a team like Toronto. They weren't first to the box or as hard as they needed to be on the wall. Is uh, this uh, is our very best good enough? Sometimes you need the bounces and the luck. I think with those ingredients, any team can be beat. Hopefully the lineup changes will help. Let's go Oilers. That comes to us from Anita. Anita, we are going to discuss the lineup changes with Mark Spector when we come back on Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott, Mark Spector with you. Just before we go back to spec, 
at uh, 12.50. We're going to quickly hop into the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal the Edmonton Oilers score this season, James H. Brown donates $100 to 630 Chance Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Brendan, quickly, what do you got? Uh, Terrace and Neil still day-to-day. Lagason on the IR. He's got a wrist problem. Cassian Cuckoo on the long-term injured reserve. Uh, same story for Toronto. Uh, Anderson day-to-day lower body. Matthews working back from a low, uh, wrist injury. Simmons has a broken wrist. Uh, Sidney Crosby placed on the COVID protocol list. He's out tonight against Philadelphia. Sends uh, forward Derek Steppen. Shoulder surgery now out for the year. All right. Um, here we go. Mark Spector for the horses. Horse racing, Alberta, our province's horse racing and breeding industry has introduced new safety protocols, thorough vet checks, stricter rules, and tougher penalties. Employing Albertans caring for their horses. Uh, Spec, I have good news for you. Uh, Brendan um, Connolly was listening to the show, and he's willing to exchange uh, the, the the two uh, gift certificates that I wrecked to hook you up. So there you go. Thank you, Brendan, for listening to Oilers now. Much appreciated. Here we go. Uh, so we had some new lines at practice today, starting with the fact that Nugent Hopkins was reacquainted with Leon Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto. We've not seen that all season long. James Neal was up with uh, Connor McDavid and Yes Poliarvi. Distinct possibility that Alex Chason might get a short term suspension, maybe a one game of suspension for... Did you see the stick infraction in the game, by the way, last night, Spencer? I have not seen it, nor have I seen any video of it. I suspect that Sportsnet doesn't have it. Or okay. we'd have been bragging about it already. Have you seen it? Uh, I, I just saw the aftermath and how animated yeah. Toronto uh, so was. Did, like, so did they everybody. Were, but they were, they were ups. Yeah, and you know, he got into it at the end of the game. Uh, the previous game with Zach Bogosian. Bogosian, who, by the way, Spec, you remember this, when the Leafs won the first game, the, the road trip before the, when they were in Edmonton, the first game here, Yamamoto cross-checked Bogosian with about a minute and ten seconds left in the game. And then on the final face-off in the Leafs zone, um, the Oilers had Cassian on the ice and Yamamoto, and Cassian went into the corner to play the puck, and Bogosian snuck a quick peek, and then he yes. absolutely horse-collared Kyler Yamamoto to the ice. Um, there wasn't anything the next game. The Oilers went out and won the next game. So Bogosian's been involved, but he clearly challenged Zach Cassian to a fight at the end of the previous game, the game on Saturday night. Uh, or sorry, yeah, Alex Chason uh, challenged Alex Chason to a fight. So we have, I, I'm going to expect, Mark, based on the lines, based on the fact that James Neal was working on the first unit power play, it wouldn't surprise me if Chason gets suspended for a game. And if he does, uh, the orders have to keep him on the active roster. So they're going to have to get creative here. Bouchard could likely be moved back to the taxi. We know that. Patrick Russell could be moved back to the taxi as well. Uh, mm-hmm. The Oilers could get Neil and Turris in as a result of that without having Chase on. And Ru- and then they could have Chris Russell going in uh, for Bouchard. So your thoughts, first of all, Nugent Hopkins with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. Well, listen, this is a coach whose team is, you know, how many times did he say last night that they're in a rut? I mean, about seven times in the post-game Zoom call. So, what does the coach do? You know, he's. Uh, I'm just getting some texts. Excuse me from the media people that are trying to figure out who to Zoom call today. Um, Tippett is just doing what you do, right? You can't keep running the same lines though when you get shut out twice in a row when you have the NHL's two leading scorers, Bob. You got to mix it around. I know that that Dave Staples will be dancing a, the happy dance here that that um, Nugent Hopkins is back down with Drysaddle. That's a big thing in town. I get it. 
and I think that maybe you know maybe you could say now that you're now that you've got Paul Arvey playing and you know fairly well uh, with McDavid, you can look at McDavid and say, look, we're taking Nuge away from you, but you still have Paul Arvey there. I don't. Neil to me is not fast enough to play first line. He can't play uh, the minutes with McDavid. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, well, for a game he can. Yeah, for a game, sure. I, and, but. and he brings a little, to me, he also brings a little bit of gamesmanship. I'll harken back to the game last year in Toronto, Mark. Opening shift of the game, James Neal flattened John Tavares right into the Leafs bench, like 10 seconds into the game. Kind of like Brady Kachuk took out Rasmus Anderson in the first game between Ottawa and Calgary. Like, went right at him at the opening shift. And sometimes that kind of sets the tone a bit. He's got a bit of that gamesmanship because I think the Leafs, not only have they been the better defensive team, they won the gamesmanship battle as well here over the last couple of games. So, uh, yeah, the fans will be excited about new- What about uh, Bouchard likely coming out on D and Chris Russell going back in? I, I think we know how that's going to play out for the fans. Well, whatever, you know, they they need to defend better, right? They're giving up goals. Yeah. And you know what? I thought that the first goal, uh, I watched the first goal several times, and Bouchard stepped up when he shouldn't have stepped up. He stepped up to cover a guy that the winger had, and then when he realized he was in the wrong place, it was too late. Hyman was behind him scoring a goal. It didn't matter that he didn't have a stick. Right, He was eight feet away from Hyman. He would have needed a very long stick to be of much use. So, listen, he's a rookie, and he made a play that a rookie will make. He'll never learn if you don't play him and let him make mistakes. Unfortunately, Toronto's such a good team, and goals are so precious that maybe Dave Tippett will give him a night off and, and try to get a veteran guy in there. Listen, I'm okay with it. The night in the press box isn't going to ruin Bouchard. I don't love the fact he has to play on the left side, Bob. I will say that. I don't I don't love the fact you've got your prize young defenseman and it's no one's fault. They got a bunch of right handers, but I don't love the fact that we're you know, you're trying to break in this very important part of your future and he's doing it on the wrong side of the rink. What do you think? Um you uh, read Moneyball or watch Moneyball? Yeah, I read it and watched it. When a guy's in the way, what did Billy Bean do? I don't know what did he do. Trade him? <laughs> yep. Yep. So I, 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 you know, it's interesting here. You got two players that are pending uh, UFAs. Somebody's got to be able to kill penalties on the right side. That can be uh, Larson. Ethan Bear can also kill penalties as well. Barry, I think Barry's helped. And, and it's it's funny. How, again, we're getting a ton of texts here. It's like if Tyson Barry doesn't put up two points in a game, people are on him. And they love Ethan Bear. And I don't, I, I gotta tell you, like Ethan Bear at no point this year has gotten to the, le- and I know he's been a little bit, uh, banged up. I mean, he, that was an unlucky play that happened on the bench, but at no point has he played at the level that he was at last. Like he was at a, such an off the charts level last year. It's an, right. cause, cause you could roll, you could roll. Here, here's what I'll ask you, uh, when we come back. Can you bring all four of the right shot guys back next year, knowing that Bouchard's gonna be full time playing every game next season? That, I'll leave you to think about that as we head off to break at 12.58. Stoffer Inspector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.